KC Press Box, where you get the sports headlines that you care about. Plus, learn to make cold, hard cash with the Sportsbook 101 that teaches you every aspect of sports investing. This game, Oregon State and Loyola of Chicago. So first of all, the line seems too high in this game. It's six and a half. Loyola's favored by six and a half. That just seems too high. You know, Houston gets that lucky miracle against Rutgers. Syracuse, meanwhile, cannot keep shooting three-pointers like this. I could see Houston actually beating him soundly. The lineup is ready. The players are set. And now, let's head to the KC Press Box with your hosts, Steve Serrano and Dave O. Woo! Show number three. Welcome to the KC Press Box. I am Steve Serrano alongside... The one, the only, Davo, making you cold, hard cash with those predictions What up? Uh, last week. How, how was the week for you? It was good, actually. I just got my, uh, well, I made one more trip to Iowa. Okay. Of course. What a surprise. We, we had somebody make a request that we talk a little bit more about the jams that they offer. The Amish, for those who missed last yes. week, up in Lamoni, Iowa, just across the border, four miles across the Missouri-Iowa border, go up there to bet on my DraftKings app. Sure, yeah, yeah. And uh, the the uh, the Amish sell 70 different jams. I highly, <laughs> highly you, suggest the strawberry rhubarb. How do you know that they, they it's 70 different jams? Dude, I'm a regular up there. I mean, I, come on. I believe people. it. I believe that the you Amish are. are my people that I whip out my phone and I'm like, look, I'm on the DraftKings app, guys. So a lot to talk about, minus uh, <laughs> the Amish that now have made a regular on this show, They're Casey great, Press man. Box. Also, make sure wherever you guys are, are listening to this uh, show, be sure to subscribe. Make sure you like uh, so we can continue to keep doing this every single week, uh, every single week. CaseyPressBox.com to get all the info, too. All right. A lot to talk about, Davo. Uh, we've got Northwest Missouri State to talk about. They've made some great, uh, a great run uh, yeah. when it came to the national championship game there. We've got March Madness. We've got what I'm I think is hands down the most, I guess it's educated uh, when it comes to sports, when it comes to Royals baseball, it, it, we've got to talk about the preview, um, very in-depth preview that we're going to talk about later in the show with Royals betting and the lock of the week. Mm, it's coming up. You were on fire though. Yeah. We, we had some last good ones. week. You were on fire. We had some good ones last week of the, of the five bets. I mentioned four of them had. So, all right. So that, Hey, that's good. That's great. Four out of five. That's seven fifty, right? 800. Oh, it's really <laughs> nice. Oh, good. Nice. Good there. Devo has the sports investment. Let's, <laughs> let's go over some headlines. The KC press box headlines. All right. I got to talk about Northwest Missouri state university. Division two national champions. Did you watch this game all over CBS? So before I go into the numbers, just these guys are on fire. So a couple funny things about that. First of all, I was actually driving to Iowa yes. to make it up there by the, I think it was Oregon That's State. Why, why I didn't go. I went up there. They were actually, it was Oregon State was playing at one and that was at 11 a.m., right? Last Saturday. Yeah. Yes. So I was driving up to Iowa to bet on Oregon State to win the game outright, which they did. And so anyway, I missed that. I did not, but I did read all about it. I man, that impressive video where they made like, they had like a 30 second possession with like, that was with the elite eight at that time. Yeah. Yes. That game, but they turned down like eight open shots and just kept with them. They're, they're impressive. They have a couple D one kids on that team. So let's go backwards for just a little bit too, just to kind of give you some details about my boys, my Bearcats. Okay. All so right? for those who don't know, Steve Serrano is a Northwest Missouri state alum. Correct. Let's make that out there. Right now. At Northwest, I covered their football. Very incredible. The, the era that I was at multiple division two national championships when it came to football now i think one of the best division two basketball teams that are around well in football i mean and you know what i love about the i've never told you this before 
because I don't like to suck up to you, but but one of my favorite things about the whole Northwest Missouri State story sure. is the passion that the grads have. Oh, the, grad, the people that went to Northwest love I, True Northwest. story. I was down at the Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah. I was wearing my Northwest hat. This yeah. is not even around the Division II National Championship period. And they're like, hey, you're a Bearcat, right? Yeah. You're a Bearcat. You just represent. Yeah, it's cool to see. Speaking of representing uh, Northwest in 2017, let me give you some facts about these this men's basketball team. They went 35-1 and one and won the Division II National Championship. 35 and 1. Okay? That's the year they played Duke the next year, right? Correct. Out, of, out in Durham, North Carolina? In 2019, okay. Yeah. They went 38 and 0 and won the Division II <laughs> National Championship. Okay? Like Gonzaga of D2. So in 2020, there was no national championship right. because of the pandemic. At the time of the cancel of the season, they were 31 and 1. Wow. Okay. So they would have won it last year, too. 2021 now, which then would be considered back to back because we had to skip last year. This year they were twenty-eight and two, and won against West Texas A and M just this last week. They blew them out, eighty to fifty-four. How are you guys keeping that coach there? Now, by the way, I got to give my boy Bob Borector. You know Bob Borector, the yeah, old but, yeah. athletic director. We should get him on the show. Bob's a great guy. I know See, Bob forever. I don't think I, have I told you my Bob Borector story. No, please. So tell when me. I was a kid, for a couple of years, my dad moved us around the country because he was a professor, and he was at Adams State University in Alamosa, Colorado. Well, Bob Borector was the athletic director at Adams State, and my dad was the department chair for music so we spent thanksgiving twice at bob borector's house i grew up with mark i played yes. like who played in the nfl for yeah, the chiefs yeah. his son we had, also worked here at the radio station yeah, we played touch football in the front yard when i was like six years old and but anyway my dad stayed in touch with bob but i, I remember um i saw mark borector actually tweet i don't know if you saw this yesterday yes. that he, yeah. just saying that's one of my maybe my dad's best hire ever was hiring the coach how have they kept him though so so going back to his record okay um he is currently right now has a 97 and 3 Win to loss record the in, the, in the last five. <laughs> yes, in the last hundred games. That's okay? ridiculous. In five seasons, how many losses do you think Ben? It, it's Ben McCollum. Eight. You're 100 percent right. Is it eight really? He's 159 and eight in the last five. Why seasons. is he not going D? Now did the Kim English really hurt him when they brought him from D2? Is that guy like Kim Anderson? Kim Anderson. That's what I so meant. Kim Anderson, I think it did. Kim Anderson, if you know the name, uh, went to UCM from UCM, Missouri, had a very yeah. successful run, probably at the time that I was at Northwest Missouri State. Then from there, got hired Division One uh, to MU. Had really a rough four years, um, and then got the boot. Yeah, I don't know. But McCollum, he's earned right now the fourth NABC Coach of the Year. The players are legit, too. I mean, Hopkins in the national championship game. Ryan Hopkins, kid from Iowa, is the senior that's going to be leaving. 31 points. Wes Dreamer, 19 points. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Hudgens, which also was the national player of the year, he threw up 15. But the kid that I, I got to talk about, and I know we're, I could keep going on about Northwest Missouri State forever, but Ryan Hopkins, okay, he is a senior. He's six foot seven, two twenty. 220. Found out through multiple contacts that he is going to be playing for Northwest Missouri State's baseball team really? was clocked at close to 87 miles per hour wow. during basketball season. Who was behind the plate? Uh, catching him. Who? Head coach, Ben McCollum. Nah. He was catching the boy. So Northwest Missouri hey, I, State, congratulations. I, before, before we move yeah. on, I got to ask you a question. Yeah. And you, and you won't. I legitimately, Casey and whoever's listening around the world, sure. I literally don't know the answer to this question because I told, I asked Steve yesterday, I'm like, do some digging. You know, some people at Northwest, obviously, and you wouldn't tell me the answer. You have the answer. But what I'm wondering is 
Now, the, the reason it's a challenge is going f- – my question is, is Northwest discussing or thinking about trying to move up to D1? Now, in football, it would be the FCS probably. They're not probably a big – there's only like 106 sure. or 106 or something mm-hmm. football. But then basketball, there's like 337 D1. So I was wondering, are they going to – has there been talk about them moving up to like FCS and football and then maybe moving into like, you know, the Summit League and, and Division One basketball? So I, I reached out to Northwest. Um, I was told, which we all know is true – D1 is so expensive. Yeah. I, I mean, when you go to the Division One level, the cost of everything from flying um, to just sports in general, just very, uh, very, very expensive. So for that reason alone, I think is what's going to probably hold Northwest back. But just like what he said, do I think this men's basketball team could compete? Could they yes. actually do very, very well in the Summit League? A hundred percent. Yes. Agreed. Can can they compete? Yes. You get some great athletes that come from Northwest Missouri State. Multiple athletes that go to the NFL. Um, I would love to see what some Hopkins ends up doing if he ends up switching to the baseball side. And uh, we've got a whole another year. He'll play uh, pro a lot of people. in Europe at the very least. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see um, the future of what happens with head coach uh, or what happens in the future yeah. um, if it's Division One or not. Let's see how the let's see if my Bearcats can go on another run. All right. I love it. All right. I'm excited about the Bearcats, but we got more to talk about. Uh, let's switch gears. March Madness down to the Final Four, and uh, let's talk a little, before we jump into the Final Four. Wh- what was your prediction? Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. Were you surprised? Were you shocked uh, with any of the uh, the action in March Madness? So let's go through you know five or six top takeaways from those okay. from the sixteen and eight rounds. Now Oregon State. First of all, did you read by the way this morning? I, I didn't no. ask you. About it. Did you read the story about that? What the NCAA did to their hotel? No. What happened to the hotels? <laughs> That's so stupid. This billion dollar organization. So they lost the game. I think it was Sunday. Whenever they played. Yes. No, it was Monday. It was Monday. Two nights yeah. ago. Monday night they lost and they get back to their hotel at like, I don't know, 10 30 or 11 o'clock. It was late game. Yeah, like 11 o'clock, right? They get back to the hotel. They're expecting to leave. The NCAA told them to get out and that they booked them on a 1 15 a.m. flight. They had like two hours to, they weren't packed because they thought they were staying. So they lost that night. Then the NCAA booked them back to Corvallis. So they, listen to this, they had to be at the airport. They barely made their flight. Guess what time they got back? You know, these 4 a.m., 4 45 a.m., they got back. Why would you? Seriously. Now, I've been known that <laughs> other teams, uh, even NFL, NBA, things like that, they will leave that night, regardless yeah, win or lose. They charter, though, and stuff, you know? Most and they of the were time, expecting yes. it. Anyway, right. okay. So, Oregon State, on the hardwood, though, can we talk about, I mean, the whole Pac-12, that's one thing I was dead wrong on, and I'll admit that. I thought the Pac-12 were a bunch of frauds, and I was wrong completely wrong on that. But, I mean, let's talk about one of the biggest runs that's ever been made. UCLA, first of all, in the Final Four now. Yes. They're going to get waxed by Gonzaga. More on that You think so? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But also, Oregon State arguably, I mean, you realize that Oregon State was the fifth seed in the big big, Pac-12 tournament, right? So they literally had to win the Pac-12 tournament just to make the tournament, right? Yes. So, and in that game, did you realize in the second half they were losing by 10 points to UCLA? No, I didn't. So they came back from down 10 in that game, made a run all the way to the Elite Eight. Same thing with UCLA, though. Like, remember in the, in the I thought Michigan State would beat them in the, in the play-in yes, game, remember? Yes. And Michigan State was up by eight with like two minutes. Michigan State led that almost the entire game. They missed three free throws. They missed a layup. Michigan, UCLA never should have even won a game, honestly, in this tournament. True. And they're in the Final Four. Like Final so Four. The Pac-12 runs is the main thing, first of all, and they are now Speaking of Cinderella's, your team, Oral Roberts, um, Arkansas was lucky as hell to beat them in that sweet 16 I thought they were going to do it. I thought they were going to do it. They should have, dude. I mean, Twitter or not, verified or not, Oral Roberts, man, they were the real deal there. Baylor looks like a train that won't stop. Alabama, can we talk about how pathetic they were against UCLA? You were so mad about that game. Yeah, because that was the one I lost last week. 
On the last week's show, I told you I was huge in Alabama. Alabama, okay, the game went to overtime in that amazing three-pointer at the yes, buzzer. which is incredible. Alabama missed 15 free throws. 15! All they had to do was make two more of them. You can't win championships if you miss the free throws. But they usually aren't that bad. I mean, they're bad, but they're not that bad. Uh, Michigan should have won last night, missed a lot... Did you see okay. that? Did you see that final I, shot? I sound like a like an okay. Let me. Yeah, I did. But I sound like I'm like a real big against the Pac-12 and UCLA because I, I keep saying they should have lost, right? I, Michigan State should have beat them. Then I said yes. Alabama should have beat them. Then I said Michigan should have beat them. But they should have. If you watch the games, how many how many point blank shots did Michigan miss last night? Right at the rim, a lot. So the question is then, can UCLA actually win? <sighs> yeah, let's get to those. Um, so the first game, yes. How about the record in that? It's it's the NCAA record biggest amount for a Final Four game. The spread is Gonzaga's favored by 14 points in that game. So I no UCLA can't beat them. UCLA is not deep enough. UCLA is not big okay, enough. Okay, can they? Okay, maybe I, I worded that wrong. I said, can they beat them? You said, no. Will they beat them then? One and five. One and five. Okay. No, they're not going to beat them. And chances are you, they could cover the 14. I'm not, don't bet it. Don't bet it either way. That's too close. Like, I think they'll lose by about, not to take a cop out, but 12 sure. to 15 points. Okay. Then let's switch gears. Is there a better chance that Houston can beat Baylor? Yes. There's a better chance, but it's not going to happen. I, I, and we'll get to that in a bit um, later on, but. Oh. I don't. Uh, so, do we have some lock of the weeks? Uh, well, we'll just making we some cash. We got a lot to talk about before right. we get to that. All right, all right. So later in the show, we'll talk Houston and Baylor, possibly uh, yes. of that. Yes. I'm I'm in shock. First of all, just to see that nationwide. I don't know if you saw this too. When it came to March Madness, people's final four predictions. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the percent rate was when it came to people correct? Uh, picking the 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 top four teams, probably yeah. like thirty five percent or something, one and a half each. It was zero. Uh, 0.0003. Oh, they got them all. You mean correct? Oh, I see what you're saying now. I thought you meant that they had at least one team. No, I mean that's. I mean that's brutal. Oh, I'm surprised anybody. Had it was it. a mess. Who picked you? I mean, I guess some UCLA grads probably did, but that's true. But I don't know. Well, or maybe non UCLA. Although you interviewed a, I just uh, talked to a, a famous UCLA grad. Didn't not a were, fan. Didn't not even a fan. Know they were playing. Not a fan. <laughs> All right. So more match, uh, March Madness. We'll talk about later in the show. But I think David, this is uh, one of my favorite parts. I think of every single uh, year is you getting to talk Royals baseball. I think more than anything, this is. Uh, you're probably you're the, the most educated when it comes to Royals baseball in probably. general. Probably. Wait a minute. Can we do one more thing before then? Because I meant to ask you about this. Yeah. About the NFL. Yeah. About adding. Oh yeah. Because the NFL... This is just all over the news. Hold on. Yeah. Let me bring this up. I know exactly what you're talking about. My apologies. Uh, NFL expected to expand the regular season schedule uh, to 17 games. Now, the league has actually played 16 games since 1978, the longest stretch without a change. Uh, a lot of players, some are a little upset. They'll read some of those tweets. But I also heard a lot of fans, they're happy about this. Mm-hmm. I know the biggest change, too, it'll be one less preseason game. Uh, and it'll be an AFC versus an NFC game. The Chiefs, keeping it local, will take take on the Packers at home this year and that extra game. And then the next year we'll rotate so the, AFC gets the home game one year Correct. NFC. So I know Alvin Kamara was, do you happen to have anything he wrote or not? Yeah. So I, I printed this off you cannot Alvin not print Kamara this off. was not happy. The stud running back. My producer says I can't read it word for word, but it's okay. uh crap dumb. Another word for crap okay. or poop dumb. Another word for poop uh, as hell. Hmm. He's not happy. Not happy about that extra game, huh? Then he continues multiple tweets at other people <laughs> saying uh, how uh, how unhappy he is with the decision. Have you from seen the his NFL. grill? By the way, it's incredible. No, and his DraftKings photo. He's got this amazing grill. Every time I play him in DraftKings during uh, fantasy football during the season. So are other players upset about this? I know fans I think, think it's great. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I, I think overall the majority of them are upset about that. Now, one thing we're not, the NFL still hasn't totally explained the compensation thing because the current contracts that are, you know, for this upcoming year don't have that into effect that they're playing an extra game, right? Sure. So uh, it remains to kind of be seen financially. But here's how I look at it, Steve. I think for the, for the health of the sport, it's a good thing for a couple of reasons here. First of all, they, they cut one preseason game out which is good 1978 God. was the last time anything has changed and the record it will make the records now like you know Mahomes imagine Mahomes getting an extra 500 yards every year oh, because they're playing gonna, it that's gonna change I mean, everything change now. records it'd be like a baseball added 20 games or took away 20 games okay or, you know but, but that beside though I think it's a good thing for the sport just because like you know more money more interest and the season goes too fast I mean people like you and I will definitely love it but and the players, I, I, I hear That's what, what Kam- I'm, I'm about to say the same thing. I Injuries. What, yeah, exactly. I hear what Kamara saying. Running backs. But. Quarterbacks. But can I play devil's advocate on that? Sure. So, yes, he's probably going to have to play an extra game for. But, okay, the average NFL career, if you average out everybody that plays, it's like four and a half years, right? So, let's just yes. say, let's say the average guy that plays. So, the average guy is only going to play five extra games after playing for 20 years. It's a lot on somebody's body. Yeah, but you have 20 years of hits. I mean, an extra five. But also, one final thought. How many guys, I'd say, how many teams do you think rest their starters the last week of the season already? Yeah, so they're already, yeah, right. not, they're already not even playing 16. The majority, I'd say half of the teams, if, so they're, now they're, 15. if they're eliminated or if they're, they've got something clinched, they're not playing the full season anyway. So it's like now they're playing actual 16 because now they can't sit out two weeks. So I don't know. I think it's a little, I think they're being a little crybaby-ish on this. I get it though, but I get it. I get the health. I get a, it. As a fan, Obviously, we want more games. Right. We we love it as a player. I can understand both ways. Uh, again, very surprised as a as a head coach or as an owner to see uh, your star running back uh, <laughs> poop dumb as hell. There was more There's, too. You got to get on his Twitter oh, account. It's, it's way too much. It's so definitely a, a worthwhile. We'll continue to watch this uh, this story as it develops. We'll see if we hear from any of the Chiefs players if they tweet anything out. By the uh, way, I think Mitchell Schwartz is going to resign here. You think so? I think he is with the Has Chiefs. Fisher, I mean, off total off no. subject. Neither one. Again, Schwartz or Fisher have not no, signed with Chiefs anyone. Chiefs got that center this week, which is good, from the Rams, That's who will true. now start over center. Anyway. All right, so lo- lots of Chiefs that we'll continue to talk about. But again, uh, I think, like I said just moments ago, I think when it comes to in-depth Royals report, you are on it uh, 24-7, been a season ticket holder um, ever since you were a child, I think. Clubhouseconversation.com. I run a Royals website. Also. Yeah, so tons and tons of Royals knowledge, and I think that's what we're about to drop right now is some Royals knowledge for you today. And now it's time for the most comprehensive 2021 Royals preview around. Steve and Dave O, take it away. Mm. All right. Mm. I love that guy. I know we're going to talk predictions. Um, if, the, if you should have made the right bet, uh, sports investment style bet on the Kansas City Royals. Uh, let's just go. Let's start talking about our, our catcher. Just okay. signed the newest deal. Position uh, my position. I like yeah, that. Okay. Uh, I mean, he signed a huge deal. Um, how does Salvi look both physically and uh, mentally when it comes to this season? How's he going to do? Well, I've also been talking to somebody who was out there um, in surprise. Uh, pretty much every day we okay. won't reveal our sources here, but they say, they tell me that Salvi is literally in the best shape they've seen him in three years. So really like we talked about last week, I think the last couple of years, he, he basically hasn't played right. Cause he had the, had the leg issue or in the Tommy John issue and the eye issue and, and all the different things, the arm issue, the elbow issue, whatever it was a couple of years ago. And then the suitcase issue and the eye. So in the, the <laughs> pandemic year, remember the suitcase, yeah, bringing it up the stairs, man. So, so he looks great. Um, and I do think Salvador Perez, by the way, is a borderline baseball hall of famer. I think there's a shot. Really? I think three more 
gold gloves or all-star appearances, or even somehow if he gets another World Series MVP. I think right now he'd be the Hall of Very Good and come up short, but I think if he has three more elite years, he might be in Cooperstown. Because to me, he's Yachty Molina Jr. Yachty, Yachty Molina. How Jr. many games does he start, you think, this year? season-wise? Uh, 135. As I long as staying healthy, they're gonna wanna, Now that they have him signed for five more seasons, the, the four-year the four deal goes into effect next year. So they have five more years. I would think they want to do a little load maintenance. He wants to play every day. But then backing up, you're going to have uh, Cam Gallagher is back. He's a, a very good catch-and-throw guy that has the respect of the clubhouse. Very nice parents, by the way. When I was on the field in, really? Cle- in Cleveland um, a couple years ago, I, I got to speak with his parents for a good 30 minutes during batting practice down there in the field. So good, good family. So yeah, Cam Gallagher, who, by the way, I think is actually from an Amish town in Pennsylvania. How about that? <laughs> I wonder if they have jams out there. Full circle. <laughs> Speaking of full circle, let's go around the infield. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to start with first? Third base? Well, let's start with the late breaking news. So we're recording this Wednesday, March 31st here, about one thirty in the afternoon. Yep. And, and literally this changes everything in the last hour. Um, Alberto Mondesi has been put on the injured list with the strained oblique. And now obliques, as you know, Steve, are tricky injuries. You re-aggravate those easily when you swing the bat. You jerk your your side of your ribs around, and that's not a good thing to have. Obliques, if you don't take care of them, can take a month or two to heal. The the hope here is that he's back within three to four weeks. So I I think the Royals probably realistically want him in the lineup May 1st. Okay. So, but that's that's a big blow. I mean, you Nicky Lopez had just been sent down. So let's get to that. Let's start there. Some real surprising developments here. So Whit Merrifield, we thought all winter he'd be in right field. Sure. And Lopez would be at second. Montes get short. You know. Well, Nicky Lopez has been struggling so much with striking out, and, and as you know, you know it's okay if you're getting out fifty percent of the time. Obviously, if it's okay if you're getting out seventy five percent of the time sure. if you play defense like he does. But the problem is if you're striking out half the time, that's a big problem. Of course, that is because you're not having productive outs. At least if you hit the ball, you might move yeah. a runner to second or 100%. third, sacrifice fly, but when you're striking out, literally nothing good happens. So he's been striking out so much, they want him to retool his string, his swing, Nikki. so they sent him back down to the alternate side. But he turned around, and he's coming right back with the Mondesi injury. So this is going to be very interesting to see at this time, because it's you know we're still 20, actually, we're only 26 hours from first pitch tomorrow. At this time, we don't have the exact announcement what they're going to do. There's a few options. Do they put Nicky Lopez at short for a while? Do they put Merrifield at short? Do they put Hanser Alberto at short? I mean, there's different things they can do scenario-wise. So I got to ask, though. Hold on. Bobby Wood Jr., can he come up? No, not, not, no, because still no, the service time, man. I mean, they're not going to say it. And I, I don't think they sent him down just because they're trying to buy an extra year of him. But if they keep him down till mid May, then bring him up, then they get him six full years after this year, plus whatever this year, they all bring right, him up before right, May 15th ish. A hope. It was a hope. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think yet. I think they want him to get some at bats. I think the earliest we see him is probably June. Okay. Um, honestly, in a way, I hope we don't see him much till late in the year, because that means we're probably playing well and staying healthy. Uh, but this is a big injury, Steve, to, to Mondesi. I mean, let's go through the rest of the infield here okay. before we get back to him. But, I mean, over at first base, so you have Carlos Santana, who you brought in from the Cleveland Indians. Carlos Santana, now he's a guy that if you really understand baseball, he's not the the sexiest hitter, right? Because he's – but what his 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 – whole point of being here is to give you really good at bats and and wear down those starting pitchers so it's not going to be uncommon for you to see him and another guy we'll talk about in a bit it won't be uncommon to see eight nine ten pitch at bats which as you know steve wears down the pitcher you see a lot of pitches it's a must and you know it gives you guys that are on base in front of you which is hold on this is when when you say carlos santana that's what i think of right there (laughs) he just showed me the guitar played by carlos that's when you say carlos santana that is the carlos santana that i'm that i'm thinking about i love that you're so 
an image right now when we're on radio. Like, so, that's, well, gonna, like that's really going to do any good. I just, it was there. Carlos Santana, though, well, the good thing is about when you see a lot of pitches, you give the guys on base in front of you a chance to steal bases. You wear down the pitcher for later in the game to get in a weak bullpen. And the more pitches you see, the better chance they make a mistake. So Carlos Santana will walk a lot. You need to understand that a walk is very, very valuable. A lot of fans don't seem to understand that still, which is mind-blowing in 2021 that walks are golden. That's why you want to look at on-base percentage. Don't look at batting average. Look at on-base percentage. But he'll draw a lot of walks. Could hit 20 home runs, really struggled last year. Merrifield at second, like we said, you have Hunter Dozier over at third who signed that nice extension. I'm looking for a good 20 home run out of Hunter Hunter Dozier. League average defense, hopefully. He's better than people think Who do think you think Hunter looks like, reminds you of, when you see know. interviews? He's a super nice guy, Mr. Though. Alex Gordon. Yeah. You oh, not yeah. see it? Yeah, he does. That's right. He looked just like Alex Gordon. That's true. It's yeah. a little, little baby Alex. Now, here's, here's this take I had written down. My dark horse for MVP in the American League. MVP was Aldoberto Mondesi. Now, this month could take him out of that because if he loses, I mean, maybe not if he's healthy from that point on. Sure. But I was looking, I thought this could be year and still think it could be the year he swipes 65 stolen bases, 22 to 25 home runs at shortstop. He's, I think he's got that kind of talent. Year after year, you've always been obsessed with this guy. <laughs> you really have. I mean, I remember when the young buck, I mean, what was it, 2014, 2015? He debuted in the World Series. Yeah, remember? when he debuted in the World Series, yeah. you're like, this guy is going to be 2015. legit. First player ever to debut. Could this be the year? Yes, right. absolutely. Right. If you look at last year, if you look at the last month of the season, he was the best hitter in all of the major leagues. There's only a two-month season. But the right. last month, he was, you know, it was I think he had one and a half uh, wins above replacement or 1.4, which was the top. So there you go. Should we move uh, to the outfield? Outfield now? we go. So the outfield is literally going to be a 100% new unit from last year. It'll be weird. Well, it'll be weird not having Alex out there. It's 100% weird. Don't you think too, by the way, I was um, kind of sad. I'm, I'm friends with the Gordon family. Sure. So I, I gave them this idea. I'm like, has this been discussed? Don't you think it would be cool if he threw out the first pitch from left field? While, oh, they can, wow. while they can still do it. That's impressive. Like, think about it. He, yeah. If he comes up crow what did they say? throws a one hopper to home plate for like that. Because we didn't get to do it from center field. We didn't get to send him off last year, right? That's true. That's why true. is he not throwing the first pitch from left field out opening day? Is that not a genius idea? Great idea. They don't know. They just laughed. They don't no. have. <laughs> I don't think it's actually been discussed. That was just that was just my stupid idea. I think it's a cool idea. But So in left field, the funny thing is there's Alex Gordon all around in a way. Now, what I mean by that is in left field, so I told you there's a guy we're going to talk about who's similar to Carlos Santana that walks a lot, sees a lot of pitches, mm -hmm. and that's Andrew Benatendi, who the Royals got from the Boston Red Sox. Now, this is the same Andrew Benatendi who played college ball at the University of Arkansas. Little guy. Little guy, too. He is kind of, yeah. 5'9". Yeah, he's out of the University of Arkansas. Was literally a first-round pick. Was literally like the number two prospect in all of baseball a few years ago. Came up with the Red Sox. Now, he struggled last year. It was 39 at-bats. He was injured. Don't even look at last year. 2019, he was going good until they got hurt in August. So, let's go back to the last time he played a full healthy season, shall we? 2018, when he first came up, on-base percentage of 366, OPS of 830. He had 16 home runs, 40 doubles, stole 21 bases, plays gold glove caliber defense. He is going to be kind of an Alex Gordon type of player in his younger years, when Alex could steal 10, 15 okay. bases a year, play gold glove defense, you know, hit you 15 to 20 home runs, hit you a lot of doubles. Andrew Benintendi is only 26 years old. The Royals are betting, and I think they're going to be right that 2018 is his norm. He, he bulked up trying to hit home runs the last two years, screwed a swing up, and Boston got kind of ticked off and moved on from him. And he's, he's resetting everything, and the person I talked to out in Surprise tells me he looks and feels great, and his head is in a great place. So I look for a big year in left field from Andrew Benatendi, or Benny, Benny? As, we, as we call him. All now, right. center field, this, this center and right are very, 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 very interesting. 
center field, they've got Michael A. Taylor. Okay. Who came over from the Washington Nationals. Michael A. Taylor. Big guy. He is. He's kind of, you know who he's kind of like think play wise, think like a poor man's Lorenzo Kane, which is a big <laughs> which is a big compliment. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like he's not in that level, but but the interesting thing about him is if you, again, and I, and I hate I hate being the guy that says, well, two years ago they were good, and if that happens, because I understand that it was two years ago. But let's look back to when he played every day. 2017, the dude hit 19 home runs. He swiped 17 bases. That'll play, right? 806 OPS, and then swiped around the same amount of bases in 18. Couldn't hit. Has been a reserve the last couple of years. Plays exceptional defense. And I do want to mention one other thing, that an anonymous executive um, has said... Ooh. that Ooh. they could see him finally having the all-star year that they've always believed is in him. Now, he's 30 years old, so I'm a bit skeptical. I'm not predicting that. I'm just telling you an anonymous he executive. He be straight cash this year. And for what they're paying him, I think he's like a one-year, two and a half or oh, two. Boy. He's a dirt cheap, whatever it is. But he's in center field every day. It's possible, by the way, if he struggles. You mentioned Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt can play center field, too. It's possible mm-hmm. that Bobby Witt could come up That's later in I'm the year talking about. if he struggles. Also, if the Royals happen to fall out of the race, which I hope they don't, if they do, that could be a guy that you trade. You know, Merrifield could be a guy that you trade. There's, they have a few pieces they could trade. What's going to be in the lineup later in the year? Now, finally, in right field, as we do this, it does appear it's not official. This guy's not officially on the roster yet, but it does appear that Kyle Isbell will be the everyday right fielder. He's a rookie third rounder from UNLV, which I love, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Third rounder in 18, just turned 24 years old. He has to be the second biggest surprise out of surprise where the Royals train just for the fact that he played so well and Nikki didn't play so well that it appears they're moving Merrifield to second just to get um, Kyle Isbell. Another kid, I mentioned Alex Gordon a minute ago Yeah. when I said there's a couple of connections. Very similar player in uh, he's, he's him and Benatendi are very similar players, but I want you to think of two guys that I know you know well. He's a combination of, when he's going well, Alex Gordon okay. and David DeJesus. Ooh. A gap guy like DeJesus, more power than DeJesus, not as much power as Gordon. There you go. Kyle now, Isbell and Ryan. I know we're going to talk pitchers uh, in just a second, but w- what happens with Soler and Dyson then this year? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I should have mentioned Soler. Soler's going to be the DH. Okay. And the, the lineup is the lineup looked like it was going to have Mondesi hitting in the three hole and Soler all the way down at six, which shocked me. Now, I don't, okay. again, this, this Mondesi news just came out in the last hour. So n- this lineup will be affected. Soler's probably hitting fourth or fifth now in the lineup. But Soler will be a study. He's on the last year of a deal. Another guy they could trade if they fall out sure. of it. I don't think they will. We'll talk about it in a bit. Draw Dyson, yeah, will be on the bench. You'll see him. Once a week, probably. I, I saw Coach said that the reason why you bring a player like that is the energy level, mm-hmm. the excitement that we had in 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. is that player like Dyson. They it's know how to win. The, yes, it's the fun and the excitement that Dyson, when he was on the team, and that's what they're hoping to get out of him It's the professionalism, year. and he brings that flair. Has he still got the heat? No, oh, dude, Dyson's the man. He's still got the he heat? He can still run. Right. He's st- he can still talk trash with the best of them, too. <laughs> All right, I let's love talk. me some Dyson. Let's I, saw talk. He, I first saw him play, by the way, in 2009 in Burlington, Iowa. Really? Yeah, Burlington, Iowa. He, at that night, he was playing. Um, Eric Hosmer was his first pro ball. He was 18 years old and playing first base, and they had a pitcher named Mike Montgomery throwing to a catcher that was 17 years old that nobody had ever heard of. That catcher's name was Salvador Perez. How about that? Dropping the knowledge. Yep. All right, speaking of knowledge, uh, let's go to uh, the, the pitcher's mound. What do we got? So we'll start with the rotation. So I do want to say that I think the Royals have, with Mondesi if he's healthy, with Mondesi being healthy, I think it's a top five offense in the American League, which is a little bit of a bold statement. But even without him, I still think it's at least a league average. The Royals should score some runs. So here's the question, Steve. Starting pitching will decide the Royals' season. So Brad Keller will be your opening day starter. Brad Keller is quietly 
one of the best young pitchers in the American League. You know the dude's only 25? Like, he's Whew. he's really young. He's only like a year older than Singer in these guys. He's 25 years old. So, Brad Keller, people don't realize how good he is. It's ridiculous. 2018, he had a 308 ERA with a 355 FIP. Now, for those listening who don't understand what FIP is, that is what his ERA should be based on park factor, the lineup. Actually, okay. that's ex-FIP. Park factor is not part of FIP. But FIP is just based on the metrics, is the quick version of explaining it, is a, is a true what his ERA probably should have been. So, he got slightly lucky at 308. But the point is, 355 is an excellent FIP. So, that was real. 2019, the FIP was 435, 419 real. Still wow. very respectable. Last year, though, let's talk about last year. He had a 2.47 ERA last year and a great 3.43 FIP. So the dude, the interesting thing about Brad Keller that baseball geeks have always argued about, and there's another pitcher named Kyle Hendricks that pitches for the Cubs. That's kind of the same. He doesn't strike people out, right, at a high level. So a lot of times people say it's not sustainable. Like you're not going to have success if you're not missing bats because the hitters sure. are going to start hitting singles. You're going to walk a few guys. They're going to find holes. But Brad Keller and another pitcher for the Cubs named Kyle Hendricks just miss barrels. They, they find a way. That there's a, I read an article about this, a study. Some, some dude that studies this said that Brad Keller is the most interesting pitcher in all of Major League Baseball because of his ability to miss. He, his movement, just they, hitters can't score him up. Kind of like, remember when we had big, tall Chris Young back in the day? Who might what be is our, Chris Young? I was going to say, what is Chris Young? Is he going to get it? The commissioner? Yeah. He might. After Manfred, yeah. He's six foot ten. Yeah, Chris Young's the man. Uh, anyway, next the next starter. So I, I expect a big year out of Keller. The Royals bring back a guy named Mike Miner that was here in 2016 and 17. Missed 16 with injury, so he pitched one year here. He was their big first free agent splash. I didn't love the signing at the time, but I've come around on it. Uh, Mike Miner is still only 33. Um, 6'4", tall guy. Uh, two years ago, Steve, going back to last year, you kind of have to almost just throw out the majority of it. He struggled last year. Let's just get that out of the way. It was awful last year. Had an ERA over five. But two years ago, gave you 208 innings. I mean, if the Royals can get 200 innings out of, huge. out of any of their starters. Innings are huge. Yeah, you want at least, you know, in theory, 160, 170. But the, the weird thing is after a COVID year, they probably, there aren't going to be too many guys that throw 200 because their arms aren't conditioned. But the point being, he had a three and a half ERA, 200 plus innings a couple years ago. Lefty. He needs to good, bad, or indifferent give the Royals innings, right? They need to keep that bullpen, you know, because there's going to be some guys that they're going to have to watch pitch counts very closely on. They'll have, Mike Miner will have a longer leash than the other guys. So he needs to give the Royals good, bad, or indifferent innings, right? Get deep into games. Okay, that's your number two starter. You got Brady Singer as a rookie last year, made the team out of spring training, was a big surprise, which proves the Royals aren't always manipulating service time because they could have easily kept him down and not brought him up. But last year as a rookie, the 6'5 first rounder from Florida, uh, was awesome. Um, he 408 FIP, 406 ERA. So his FIP and ERA matched up. Now he needs to give the Royals 150 innings, 375 this year for them to get where they need to get. He's been dynamic this spring. One thing to look for with Brady Singer is he has always struggled getting left-handed hitters out. He very much struggles with lefties. So that will be the key for him. Finally, the four star, four starter that we know for sure, the Royals will probably won't need a fifth starter for a couple of weeks. Danny Duffy, we all know about him. Don't need to go over him too much. By now, last year of his deal, I think he'll end up. I was going to say, this is it, right? He'll end up back in the bullpen. I mean, realistically, that's probably where he's best suited for, I think. But the Royals are still, you're going to see a lot of other guys. Very exciting. You've got Chris Bubich later in the year, who's down in the alternate right now. He pitched up here last year. I'm yes. sure you remember the Bubich, the lefty of Stanford. Good kid. Um, he'll be, have a very good career. Now, Daniel Lynch. People talk about Bobby Witt and Kyle Isbell. No one talks about Daniel Lynch. Daniel Lynch, Steve, what if I told you he's the maybe the best young left-handed starting pitching prospect in the entire major leagues? He, he's not even on the roster right now for the Royals he's down, website. Yep, down at the alternate, down there. Daniel Lynch, is, remember that name. Daniel Lynch will come up this year, a big, a big lefty from the University of Virginia. Daniel Lynch could be a 
I don't want to put too many big. I don't want to. I don't want to say. I'm not going to say Cy Young candidate, but I, that's the kind of career he's going to be. Yeah, I he's think he'll be money for the Royals. Daniel Lynch, remember that name. Now Jackson Coar from the University of Florida throws a sick changeup. He'll be up later in the year. Alec Marsh, Angel Zerpa, Carlos Hernandez. So there's there's a whole bunch. There's more. There's two or three more guys too. There's lots of pitching on the way for that fifth spot. And if Duffy struggles, someone gets hurt. Then of course you've got Irvin Santana in the bullpen. Jake Junis. Some other guys. You probably want me to talk about the bullpen too, right? Yeah, well, I mean, got to finish off there. Yes, going to be a strength of this team, dude. Bullpen is going to be so key. Very well known names too. Very, yeah. Well, well, let's talk about Josh Stamont at the back of the bullpen. I, I think Stamont should be closer. It might be Holland. I don't know. I don't know if it really matters. I think Mike Matheny, the manager, just kind of goes with a hot hand and what the what the stats tell him or who's healthy. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have an actual quote unquote closer. closer per se, to start the year. But Josh Stamont threw four of the five fastest pitches in baseball, well over 101 miles an hour last year. Just an absolute unhittable. That breaking stuff is filthy. You got him and Holland. Talk about an age difference, too. One born in 19... Uh, what is it? Uh, Holland born in 1985. Yeah. And you have Josh born in 1993. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just a little bit of an age difference here. A little bit there. Yeah, you should look at, look at Mike Miner and some of those guys comparatively. 87. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Carlos Santana somehow is only is he only thirty two? Off subject, you know who the youngest or the oldest players on the Royals right now? Uh, I could be wrong, but based on Erwin what I've seen, Santana? No, who? Dyson. Oh yeah, duh. Yeah, the guy was born nineteen sixty three. Yeah, it seems like it, right. <laughs> I swear Carlos Santana is like 50, but somehow he's only in his early 30s. Carlos Santana? Let me look that up. What does it say there? Yeah. I I swear that guy, like two years ago, was like 35. But (laughs) how old is he? Carlos Santana is 1986. He's actually younger than Dyson. There you go. Hmm. How about that, facts? Okay, so Stamont and Holland at the back. You got Scott Barlow, Wade Davis. It does appear like that Jake Brents, there'll be two Jakes in the bullpen. Jake Brents is a lefty, out actually from the St. Louis area, that the Royals got in a, in a waiver claim last year from mm-hmm. the Rangers. The dude throws over 100 miles an hour from the left side. I think Jake Brents will make this mm. opening day team. We don't know that yet. I think he will make it. Needs to be put in the 40-man roster still. And Jake Junis has developed a cutter over this winter that supposedly is sick. So I could see Junis transitioning from the rotation is kind of maybe, hopefully he has kind of a Wade Davis career where Wade Davis started as a starter, struggled. They eventually moved into the pen where he was dominant. I'm hoping that Junis could do the same. One fun fact before we get to the rest of the division here, the Royals last year, would if I told you that they led the league in save percentage, would you be surprised? They saved 19 out of 20 games last year. I think everything is a surprise from last year because I feel like it really <laughs> I, didn't happen. I know. It's, I know. Let's be honest on that part. I forgot half of it. I'm just I think I think last year I just had to block out of my mind in general. It was a wash. Yeah. The year was a wash. The <laughs> yeah. season was a wash. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, all right, let's go around uh, the league too and, and talk. Let's our our division, uh, AL Central. Let's start with Detroit. I mean, what's your yeah. thought about Detroit? So um, when it comes to this year not a lot going on there man i mean they've really been hamstrung by this awful miguel cabrera contract that i swear goes for like 20 more years i think he signed for two more years still but that contract is probably the worst contract in baseball history it's not worth it's the even, money it's even worse than Pujols. no not worth the money i mean he had that triple crown but ever since then it's been dead anyway that's really hamstrung this team and, and their owner mike illich a very good man died i think two years ago or last year yes he had the little caesars guy um, anyway, um, this team, pizza, pizza. there's a couple intriguing things. Casey Mize is a young starting pitcher. I like a lot. They have Matthew Boyd who has been there a while. Offensively, they have like two players. I like like Jimer Candelario is a very good player. No one talks about. And I believe Spencer Torkelson, when he gets healthy and comes up, he could be up sometime later this year. That was their first round pick. 
um, a stud, you know, maybe not quite the same level as Bobby Wett. He's an outfielder, but sem- similar upside as far offensively. Spencer Torkelson will be really good, but this, this team is going to lose. They should lose well over 100 games. Okay, let's jump over to Cleveland then. So Cleveland, so the, our owner, of course, is from Cleveland. John Sherman was the former half owner, left the Dolans for here. Of course, Carlos Santana, former Indian that's now with the Royals. So we've kind of, you know, been bombarding them. And, and that's kind of what the rest of the league has done. They don't, they no longer have Trevor Bauer in this, in this rotation. They no longer have Corey Kluber in this rotation. There's no, there's no uh, Salazar. There's no uh, Francisco Lindor, which is mm. a gigantic mm. loss. He who, by the way, is supposedly turned down 10 years and 350 million for the Mets. What is he thinking? Anyway, this team will still be good. You always think pitching with Cleveland, but they're not going to be that good. They have Shane Bieber, not to be confused with Justin. Did you see his players weekend? Players Weekend, they all wear the jerseys that have their nicknames on them. His, his, oh, yeah. His says, not Justin, on the back, Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber smooth. arguably could be the best pitcher in the American League. So they got him, and then you got Zach Plesak and Tristan McKenzie. They've got some really good arms, but uh, offensively, I don't think they're going to score enough runs. They have Jose Ramirez, who's still a stud, and they have a few other nice players. But I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. They're going to finish fourth place. Really? And Detroit's going to finish in fifth place. Okay. In so the that, AL Central. So that brings us to Minnesota. Yeah, we have Minnesota, the White Sox, and the Royals. Who do I think is going to win it? We'll find out. Minnesota. Random fact. They've lost 18 straight playoff games. Huh. 18 in a row. That's a random fact, but also a very important fact. For the Minnesota Twins. But you know what, Steve? Another spoiler alert. A lot of people have them winning the division. They don't got to worry about that this year. They ain't making the playoffs this year. No really? playoffs for the Twins. They're not winning this division. They're not getting the wild card. I've went through three teams, Detroit, Cleveland, and Minnesota. Detroit's Again. in fifth, Cleveland's in fourth, Minnesota is third place. So that leaves the White Sox. Yes, let me tell you real quick about the Twins here, why I, th- why I say that. Now, they can score runs, although somehow, again, you made a good point. Last year, did it actually even happen? No. Was it just a figment of Nothing our Nothing happened last year. They were 10th in runs last year. They should have scored a lot more runs. They, they still It's still a very capable lineup. You got Kepler and Polanco and Sano and Buxton and Cruz. It's formidable as hell. They'll put some points on the board. But I, I don't think outside of Jose Barrios, their stud starting pitcher, he's really good. Kitten Maeda is okay. He's good some days. He doesn't have real good durability. Same thing with Michael Pineda. They've got J.A. Happ. Same thing. It's just the whole thing is just like a bunch of hit or miss starting pitchers. I just don't think their pitching is that good, and I don't think their offense. If, if they didn't score runs last year, they're a year older. I mean, Nelson Cruz is over forty now, I believe, or at, at forty. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's a third place team. I mean, they're not. They'll, they'll probably finish over five hundred or right around five hundred. But I would not pencil this team in to win the division like a lot of people are. Okay, what about the White Sox then? So. They were probably the favorite preseason. In fact, I believe uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook still has them as the favorite, with Minnesota a slight second-place favorite. Now, they brought in Tony La Russa, who has to be 150 by now, <laughs> right? Tony La Russa <laughs> is the new there. manager. Last year, the White Sox, that lineup, talk about scary lineup, could be the best in not only the American League, could be the best in baseball, possibly, possibly. Top five for sure. But they'll, they'll score runs, man. They, they got Luis Robert, Tim Anderson, Moncada, Abreu. They're going to miss Eloy Jimenez, their second-best hitter who got hurt and is going to miss five months. So that's a big loss for the White Sox, a big loss losing him. Um, still probably could be the best lineup in the AL. And rotation-wise, this is also a team that's that's pretty good. I mean, they have better rotation than the Royals probably. Um, Lu- Lucas Giolito is a stud. I love Lucas Giolito leading off there. They got him from the... 
Nationals on the Adam Eaton trade a few years ago. They have Lance Lynn, who's who's fine. Dallas Keuchel, who's fine. But it, it's not a dominant rotation. If something would happen to Giolito, the door would really be open. Our fact checker, by the way, found out that Tony Larusa is seventy six years old. Fake news. He's a hundred at least. <laughs> at least, but seventy six. So, do you should we give? Should I tell you where the Royals are going to finish, or do you want to do other stuff first? Well, I mean, might as well. We're okay. here. You didn't tell us where the White Sox are going to finish. So, if you're keeping track at home, like I am here on my rundown. Where okay. do the White Sox finish and where do the Kansas City Royals finish? Okay, so let, let's go. Let's let's go. Let me just I'm just gonna lay it out for you. I'm all nitty gritty right now. You ready? So the Royals winning the AL Central, as many of you know who listen to the show, I have made a couple of trips up to Iowa just to bet on this that they would win the division at forty to one. The forty to one odds are if you have if you're hearing my voice right now and you can get an hour and forty five minutes from Kansas City to Lamoni, Iowa, and fire up the DraftKings app. Do yourself a favor, drive up there. I'll give you also a pick here at the end of the show. I'm going to give you another pick that you can put in at the same time that's going to hit in our lock of the week here. Okay, okay I, we slow down. We, we got, get it. It, we got it. We got it. We got it. We know. It's producer Jesus. Nick over here. So, but yeah. Come on, Nick. So, I, there's another bet I have coming up, but it, pound that. You have till tomorrow at three o'clock to get that in. So, with that said, the Royals have a one in three chance of winning this division. Now, if Lucas Giolito. He's the key to me to the White Sox. If he would go down or somehow struggle, the door is wide open. The door is okay. wide open. The Royals, I'm going to go ahead, Steve, for now. I'm going to give you two things here. So when I say, I'm saying value. I'm giving. I'm saying there's a one in three chance the Royals win the division. But 40 to one, you bet that because that value is incredible. It's called sports investing. You're investing in something the odds are way off on. Is it the most likely scenario? No, but it's not far-fetched. The Royals could easily win this division. It would not surprise me. The two things to the two factors here, there will be one team in the major leagues. This is a hot take here. There will be one team in the major leagues this year. Somebody is going to come out of nowhere. That's picked in fourth or fifth place. Like the Royals are Okay, is going to come out of nowhere because like you said, last year was kind of a fake year. There was no minor league season, right? There was the alternate site, but there was no stats kept. Nobody got to see guys and you're facing the same eight pitchers. I mean, how much are you really developing? True, true. My point being, it's tough to know exactly how much, a lot of these guys moved forward or backwards last year. There's going to be a team out there who's going to have two or three guys come up that aren't the opening day roster that are going to be like rookie of the year candidates. They're going to come out of nowhere because we didn't know how good they got last year because there wasn't a season. The Royals have as good of a chance with their top 10 farm system and guys like Daniel Lynch, remember the name, Mm -hmm. Kyle Isbell, who's probably here opening day, Bobby Witt Jr., Mm -hmm. Jackson Coar. There's a lot of guys. The Royals have just as many guys that could do that. So do not so be a very long answer here. Do not be, tell me. Do, so my long answer is the white Sox are my favorite to win the division. Okay. Gun to my head. I'm taking the white Sox to win the division. Do not, however, at all be surprised if the Royals win the AL central, especially if anything happens to Giolito or any more injuries. And I'm in our market right now. The Royals make the playoffs one way or the other. They get the wild card. If they don't win. The all division. right. To put you on the spot, then how many games do the Royals win? Um, 87 ish 87 87 to 89 probably um nick now, keep that audio keep that audio so we have it a little bit later <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be playing this in the audio in in <laughs> september hopefully with with one of the things that I, that I pick right should we do some awards by the way both let's of us do, you want to do some awards already should do. we wait should we wait until the end of the season or you want to do awards no, right now preseason predictions. All right, preseason predictions all, all right. right we see the future around here all right so uh we wrote it out for preseason predictions uh the player of the year Dave, uh, who do you got? Player of the year. Position player we're starting with or yep, pitcher? Position player Position of the year. Position player. Nah. 
I'm still going to go with him. Alberto Mondesi. I, I hate the fact that he's going to miss probably the first three to four weeks of the season because that's... Okay, oh, going back. Hold on. That, that, that's a good question then. Should... How how much of an effect could that be on the Royals actually making the playoffs if Mondesi is more than so, 10, 10, 10 games? So that's a good point. It certainly does make it... It does make a difference because he arguably, arguably, could be their best player. I'm just telling you that right now. And that's a big loss. Now, that's why, Steve, more than ever this year is going to be very important. The Royals get off to a good start. They've, they're going to have to get through April at or above 500. They cannot afford a bad start this year. All right. So, again, you're going with Mondesi. I'll still stick with him. Uh, my prediction? Who, let me guess. You haven't told me. Uh, Go ahead. You'll say Salvi, probably. No. Whit Merrifield. Oh, okay. That's, that's I think, a good I think all, all over, all around, I think he's going to be very, very important for us. Uh, again, not a lot to see last year. Uh, we'll see what happens. One thing that surprised me about Wit, I was on the DraftKings Sportsbook on the the futures, and it has the most likely to lead the league in hits. Wit Merrifield was the most likely player. He had the least odds to, win, or the best odds, I should say. Really? So, yeah, Vegas loves him to lead the league in hits again this year. So. All right, let's go to uh, pitcher of the year. Who do you got? Who do you got? Who's money? So you know I love Daniel Lynch. He's not. He's not probably coming up for a while. Brady Singer. Brady Singer's taking his game to the next level. Three and a half ERA, 14 to 15 wins. All right, you want my shocker here? Let Your prediction? Think. Let me think. You're not going to say Duffy, are you? Danny Duffy. Are you really? Well, think it's do it, or die time. It's experience. It, I think sometimes when you get down to an end of contract, let's bring up our boy Alex Gordon. Yeah. Uh, it comes down to the point where, hey, this is it. I'm at the last leg. Do you want to finish strong? Uh, he's had a lot of offseason time. He's had a lot of last year. He's the talent's there he's for got, sure. I mean, the guy can do it. Uh, he's... I, Sources he, say it, he's been very, very healthy. He's staying strong. He's staying healthy. I mean, I think Danny Duffy, if not uh, stat-wise, is the best player, but I think he could definitely become as a leader for that that crew of pitchers out there that's really going to help and benefit the, the Kansas City Royals pitching And staff. I think that's a great point. I think that's another guy that I should have mentioned that could really help. There's certain guys that could really swing this season, right? You, no yes. pun, pun intended. You go from your Isbells and your Merrifields and your Santana regaining form, Ben Attendee turning back. But then yes. pitching-wise, there's guys that he he arguably could be the dark horse, which is weird to say because he's been here for so long. But, I mean, last year of a contract, he wants to play a couple more years. He wants another contract. Most of all, I think he wants to prove once and for all because I wouldn't I'm not going to call Danny Duffy a disappointment from the contract he got, but he hasn't, sure. let's just put it this way, he hasn't lived up necessarily to the level that he or the Royals would have wanted. And I guarantee you he'd be the first one to say that. All right, how about this last one? Uh, Royals Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Who do we got? You go first. Well, it's easy Are you taking the layup? Yeah, it's not a layup. It's a slam dunk. You, Mr. Let's Witt. be honest. Bobby Witt Jr., Woo! That's my boy. You know that Jim, gonna be fire. Jim Bowden, this former GM that does a, that writes for the Athletic and stuff, has him as his rookie of the year, even though he may not even be up till June. That's fine. Yeah. So, all right. You know what? I I, I love Wit. I love Daniel Lynch. Kyle Isbell. Give me some really? UNLV, man. He's from UNLV. He's from Vegas. How can you not like Kyle Isbell? That's I, true. I got him. Kyle Isbell. All right. So there it is. We're excited to uh, continue to watch the Kansas City Royals throughout the year. We'll continue to keep you updated as things change. We'll see what happens with Mondesi. We'll talk about that again next week, kind of seeing uh, the process, everything else like that. But again, uh, we've got it on audio, 87 wins for the Kansas City Royals uh, in the air based on our predictions for the Kansas City Royals to come in either first or second uh, for the AL Central. So we'll be we'll be curious and we're excited about the home opener for, uh, for the 
the Royals tomorrow. Yeah, you, also, I'm just going to let you know, I'm really going out there with this pick because Vegas has them at 74 and a half. So, I mean, I'm 12 to 13 wins above what the quote-unquote pundits. It, the pundits are so far off this year. It's a joke. It's straight cash and that 40 to 1. I'm, I'm, I'm going out you. there. That's a hot take. You got to give me credit. I didn't play it safe. All right, we got a little bit more of the show to talk about. Let's do our Sportsbook 101. Let's make you some money. It's the Sportsbook 101 with Dave O. All right, Steve. So today, we're going to do a quick explanation of baseball betting. Okay. And how that Fitting. works. Think exactly. That. And I'll give you a quick little lesson what you should do early season. Okay. So baseball betting is all, well, this isn't completely true, but for, for time's sake and for basics sake, it's essentially based on money lines. Now I'm going to explain two money lines to anybody listening right now, because some people know that what that is and some don't. We want you to learn here. So a money line, when you're betting on any kind of sporting game, like let's go with football or basketball okay. for a second. There's a team like, for example, Gonzaga, like we talked about, is favored by 14, right? So if you bet that, it's like 50-50 payout essentially, or what would it be 45% or like you bet 110 to win 100 or 220, to, you lose 10% of the juice basically. So that's a straight up bet, right? A money line is based on them, a team just winning the game, right? So Gonzaga by 14, you would have, they just have to win by one point. But, yeah. but the payout's way less. Like on a 14-point spread, you probably have to bet like, I, I have to look what it is. It's probably like... A thousand bucks to win a hundred. I mean, if you, that's like minus one thousand, right? Okay. But let's give you a different one. Let's say a team's favored by three points in basketball. The money line's probably like minus one twenty, which means they okay. you have to bet one twenty to win a hundred. Anyway, the point being, baseball there aren't really spreads. There are at more advanced places, but for the most part, the average baseball bets are on money lines and over unders. So money lines. Let's just explain that to you. When you see a team in baseball like minus 400, which will happen if you have, let's say you have Trevor Bauer, you know, for the Dodgers, sure. their stud pitcher, and the Dodgers are so good, and they're facing, you know, somebody awful. They're, you know, they're they're facing the Tigers in the interleague. <laughs> I was going to say. It'd be like minus 400. So you'd have to bet 400 bucks to win. $100. Okay. Or... The Tigers might be plus 400. You have to, if you bet 100 and they win, you win 400. 400. Okay. So money lines. The but big, it's still. It's based on starting pitchers, ballparks, lineups. But it still does not matter if they win by one or if they win by correct. seven, right? Correct. With, so baseball betting is mainly money lines. And my buddy thinks I'm the best at baseball betting. I don't know if that's true. Well, I think I've I think seen you win. my sport. Uh, $20,000. Not to put that 20, out there. 25 at a game and, and watched it occur. So, you were at that game with me. That's right. I, DJ Ray was there too. I do not remember if it was real or not, but for some reason I was like, wait a minute. Is that this was, real happening? Is yeah, this real? That, that was 30000 The second time was twenty five. Anyway, I'm not sorry, trying sorry. to brag at all. I'm, I'm just, but... Um, so, but yeah, money lines is basically, so you want, uh, we'll talk, we'll give way more lessons later in the do, year. Do we have like right now is the uh, money line on the Royals game tomorrow? I'm sure there is. While, while I look that up, let me also tell you the other thing I was going to tell you is that early season. So with that said, you, the money lines is the baseball. is just who wins the game based on okay. money lines. So whatever the money line is, the minus is the favorite. And you've got to bet that much to make a hundred or whatever. If you bet 50 bucks, you just have to do the math. Or if you're betting the underdog, the plus means you're betting the underdog. And if that team wins, you make more than you bet literally. Okay. So that's what money lines mean. Hopefully that makes, does that make sense? No, it makes, it makes total sense because okay. you wouldn't well, plus 400. I'm like, man, that's yeah. a lot of points. Yeah. Or minus 400. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to make as much if they're plus 400, you get a lot back for your, but of course it's probably not going to happen, but now based all the other option is over-unders and that does pay the, the pretty much straight up bet so it's like a combined the most average over-under is probably nine so your combined runs of the game so both teams how many runs will they score will it be over or under or whatever now if you're playing in colorado where the ball flies out or wrigley 35 or, runs or yeah well it'd be like 
13 and a half is not wow. 14. Wrigley, sometimes you see that too if the wind's blowing out off the lake there. Or if you're you know playing in a huge park with the wind blowing in and, and Bieber's facing Bauer, the over-under might be six and a half. Which I think you bring up great points. Again, you're talking about the field. You're talking about the mm-hmm. weather. Again, very important thing. And we'll talk about that in future weeks. The trust sports me. Events. But I think you've, you've got to really hit that almost every single week because the importance uh-huh. of the field that they're playing at, their location, the it's weather. It's the one sport where the field Correct. really does matter. Because yeah. think about it. NFL, fields are all the same. NBA, courts are all the same. <laughs> yes. NFL, though, you could play up in Wisconsin or you True. could be playing in Florida. True. But I think more than ever, when weather. it comes to weather, yeah. it is super important uh, to pay attention and make sure you are knowledgeable when it comes to uh, your sports investment. The one on other the quick side. lesson, last quick lesson with the Sportsbook 101 is just a general statement. And by the way, I have your answer. Oh, no, I don't have your answer. It's not up yet. They don't have the lines up yet. Oh, wait a minute, because I'm on Saturday. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. So tomorrow, for example, the Royals have Brad Keller going against Kyle Gibson. Oh, I like this. The Royals are actually a minus 162 favorite. So that means you have to bet 162 to win 100. Or, okay. So, so we're favored to so win the game. That's a decent, you're not, not a huge favorite, but a decent favorite to win the game. And then the over-under in tomorrow's game is nine and a half. Okay, so, so nine and a half runs. You're betting if there'll be 10 or nine runs scored. What's the weather look like? Uh, 50, 53 and sunny. Now, is the K, is it known for a, a home run park? No. It's, a, it's a deep park. It's more of a pitcher's park, but it's not as much as a pitcher's park as people think it is. It still is, but it's it's overblown. It, the People can still score runs there. So. Okay. But my last thing with real quick with the early season games is, you're going to want to, if you're betting over unders, typically try to focus on the unders because pitching is always ahead of hitting this time of year. And as you know, playing baseball, we both played baseball growing up. It hurts like hell to get jammed when it's 30 degrees. Oh, and they, they pitch you inside. It's just, it's so hard to hit when it's like 30 degrees of the wind. And the, and the pitching is generally going to be way ahead of the hitting this time of year. So in general, you want to look at unders more so if you're looking that way in early season games. Now this week, I don't have an actual uh, baseball lock, but you know. You, do. don't, you don't have a lock of the week? I do, but that's not baseball. Let's make you some money. Time for the lock of the week. Mm, this one, dude. This one, I'm not kidding. I'm thinking, do you want to go to Iowa tonight? I'm not kidding. I'm thinking about that That 40 to 1. I am thinking. Central. You are the knowledge that you trapped in the Royals. I feel confident just, about the boys. I'm just telling you as your friend. I'm not going to say this to somebody I don't know, okay. but telling you as your friend, you're a freaking moron if you don't drive up there. You live an hour and 20 minutes from your house. What's the lock of the week? All right. Put this in, too. This, I am so confident on Nick, this. Nick, record this, too. Oh, my God. Like, how is this even possible? This makes me excited just looking I at it. I don't have it on the rundown, so can you just go ahead and get to the point? The Baylor Bears are only favored by five points against the Houston Cougars. Baylor Bears will destroy the Houston Cougars. We're talking a 10 to 15 point victory. Baylor, cover the minus five. Drive to Iowa. Put in Baylor. Take the Royals. Over on the wins at 74 and a half. Take the Royals if you want to take them to win, to make the playoffs is plus 900. If they make, in case they win the wild card, you win nine to one. And take them to win the Central at 40 to one. It's a productive trip to Iowa. Baylor, the Royals. I'm fired up. Let's do it. There you go. That is show number three. The locks of the week. Uh, I think really just dropping a lot of the knowledge when it comes to uh, your sports investment, your sports book 101. Baylor, Woo! baby. Kansas City Royals. More chatter about that next week. We'll see if uh, our predictions are correct. And uh, Bobby Witt Jr. is, is playing by next no, week. He will not. <laughs> no? I will guarantee he's not playing by next What's week. The, what are the odds on that one? Is it like a zero, 40 to 1? Zero to percent. 40 to 1. They're, so They're minus zero. We appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe, like, make sure you share it with a friend. KCPressBox.com. Uh, that is right. KCPressBox.com. We will talk to you guys next week. Get yourself some... Cash. Oh, and get some of that jam from the Amish when okay. up in Iowa. Right. Up there. They have a new sponsor now. Strawberry rhubarb. There it is. Have a great week, Casey. We'll talk to you soon.